Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Voice Spark Live. I am, as always, your host, Nick, followed by Emily and Marilyn. Hello. Ben may be here a little bit later on, and he might not be, but you are watching the late, late, late show of the Voice First Network. And tonight we have a good show for you. We have Nick Hill from Chat Mode, who's going to be talking to us about the Voice First space. And I'm super excited to hear his perspective on it and um, and to get his thoughts. So, Emily, let me kick it over to you. Do you got any Voice First sure. Yes. So I have a couple things. Um, so first thing, last week I forgot to mention with everything, all the other events going on <laughs> that uh, VoiceFlow closed a $20 million round of funding. So that is super cool. And I've, I've used VoiceFlow for a lot of my designs. So <laughs> congratulations to them. Yeah, I and, think that's awesome. I, <clears throat> I would like to know if like, uh, if you could do like something cool, like uh, buy like a Lamborghini on the you know, on like the uh, company card or something and be like, it's the rental. We lend it out to the staff. No, I think that's, I think that's great because what it does is it, it shows growth in the industry and it lets people know that, Hey, you've, you've got this company that's been chipping away at the stone for years and it's finally paid off in a very big way. And uh, I think it's um, it's just one of those use cases where, you know, it could happen to you. And uh, I'm happy for everybody over there. Yeah. So um, the second thing I have is um, I got invited to be part of a roundtable discussion uh, for Voice Lunch, audio and branding. Nice. So uh, we'll be talking about uh, ways to improve conversational design experiences sonically. Oh, so who, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> who are you going to be on there with? Um, it's Ben McCullough and then, uh, Gina Isham, who's going to be on here in, mm. I think two weeks. So yeah. they're running it. I don't know who the other people on the round table are going to be, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, even though I come from a music background, I still feel like there's so much I don't know about Sonic branding in particular. Um, so it'll be a really interesting discussion and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, those two, uh, those two people you uh, mentioned, Ben and Gina, they are phenomenal, and yeah. um, they're good people. <clears throat> so you should Definitely. have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, I tried out the widget for. Oh, how was that? I'm not too happy with it. I'll tell you <laughs> okay. why. Look. <laughs> So it's essentially a glorified logo that reopens up the skill, but just activates the mic once the skill is open. Like that doesn't, it's like just increasing the size of the logo. That's all it is. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. I mean, like what I was expecting was like, I press that button and Mm then my mic would turn on. Oh, you know, my, my speakers would turn off. My mic would turn on and she'd be like, how can I help you? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. But none of that happened. It just took me into the skill and then automatically activated the mic. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was weird. So I know there's some limitations with, with Apple. I mean, right. I know they play a, a very a strict game whenever it comes to security and policies and app design. But I don't know if that was needed. It was just a, it's just a bigger Amazon Alexa logo. That's it. Oh, by the way, I have my windows open. So (laughs) FYI, I, 
I'm, I'm roasting that it. Makes here, sense. You could see <laughs> how so, hot is it over there? Uh, let me see 81, but there's some oh, humidity okay. or something going on because I'm yeah, just, that always does it. <laughs> I've got a door open for some crosswind, but like I said, I wasn't too thrilled about the widget. I really wish they would yeah. have done something a little bit more, but I think they're kind of strong, uh, hamstrung by, by Apple and what they're allowed mm -hmm. to do. So, uh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, and what was the other thing I wanted to, uh, bring up and discuss? Oh, uh, we'll be releasing, I'll be releasing a video on the, uh, upcoming sparkies that are going to take place mm. in, uh, in November. Um, essentially what's going to happen is, uh, we will take a raw score of all the emails, email votes that you get. And we, we will then take our raw score that we give you as far as like 4.5 or 5.6 or whatever. And then we'll mash those two together on a weighted scale. And then we'll, we will have a first, second and third place winner. Uh, currently, and we have 33 um, skills slash oh, Google, wow. Google actions that have submitted their uh, their skills or their Google actions. So I would encourage anybody out there who's a developer, big or small, to go over to VoiceSpark.live uh, and uh, click on reviews and then submit your work for review. Uh, we'll be coming out with a couple reviews here within the next couple weeks, and then we'll just get back on the gravy train of pumping them out every Tuesday. Yeah, and we should have some people on the show for that episode too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, one of the things I want to do is I want to get it more um, uh, kind of like more uh, award showy, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. have, you know, have a bunch of people on and, you know, start start bullshitting you know once we know who the top 10 are i think we yeah. can uh we can probably narrow that down and say hey you might want to make yourself available because you might you know you might actually win something so, um, but <laughs> cool. yeah i'm super excited about it um i always get kind of excited I, i've been um i've been trying out some new skills myself recently Ooh. uh what's been your them, favorite one well i I really kind of fell in love with this one called Bluebeard's Bride, Ooh. which which is a um, it's originally a text game. You know how like on computers back in the 80s, you would have to like write in the text and then do like, you know, a choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. It's similar to that. But essentially, you're this woman and you're trying to go through this mansion and you have to like listen for audio cues so that you don't pick the, the room that your husband's in. If you do pick the room at Bluebeard's in, he kills you. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're trying to escape, but it's cool. And it was actually built as a um, as an addition to a, uh, a festival called Nearscope, Nearscope, okay. which is sort of like an interactive text-based um, convention that they have. So cool. these people are out there creating these sort of like text web-based games and the individual Tim uh, actually ported uh, Bluebeard's Bride and put it on to, uh, to that. Awesome. And That's I think really my, com my computer froze. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I have about 30 seconds. Okay, Emily, go ahead, introduce our guests, bring them on screen. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and reset real quick. Sure. Okay. So let's 
<laughs> bring on Nikhil. <you. laughs> Hi, <laughs> thank you so much for, for being here and being on the show. <laughs> it is an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, bummer that we lost we lost Nick here. But, I know. Uh, Hopefully, he'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's all good. I understand the uh, the technical difficulties, but yeah, it's yeah. it's great to be here and uh, some great news to cover as well. I've been keeping track yeah. of a couple of those things as well. So, uh, tell us about yourself and and what you do in the voice space. Sure, sure. All right. Well, where to start? So, um, I have been in chatbots and voice uh, since around 2016, and, and artificial intelligence for the most part, and, and machine learning mm -hmm. too, but. Uh, since around 2016, so um, sort of, sort of pretty early when, when uh, you know, Alexa was still like, I think, an early preview at the time that I got involved, or it was just like a little bit less uh, widely available. You know, Messenger was taking off. Um, I, you know, since, since the start, personally, I've been interested in like really, you know, the um, not necessarily the intersection of the two, but like the parallel routes both were going um, in the form of like conversational AI, right? And I, I always, I did think that I, I was sort of like always pretty bullish on um, multimodal experiences and things like that. But mm -hmm. I, I know there, there's still like a lot of work to do. And um, even back then, though, it was it was cool to see, uh, you know, all these different companies that were trying like voice first apps for like local discoveries, like Yelp, but with voice and and right. um, other other like and then SaaS platforms. And, and even now that there's some pretty successful ones I know that are doing that. But, um, you know, and same thing with chatbots, like there was a lot of really cool maturity and um, well, there was a lot of, there was a lot of cool ideas and now, you know, we're at a mature point. So my involvement, anyways, just to, to go into my background a little bit, you know, I'm, a, I'm originally, I come from a development background, more of a, mm -hmm. a front end developer and, and web designer type thing. Um, but then okay. I, I made the switch, started a chatbot slash voice powered startup for hospitality. Um, got to work with some, with some big, you know, uh -huh. hospitality companies on pilots and things like that. But, you know, as, as startups go, um, it did not totally work out. It just wasn't a, a market that really, uh, we didn't find product market fit. So, oh, yeah, just going to my background, you're, you're, you're just in time. Um, I'm talking about the juicy <laughs> stuff that I've done in voice. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, ran, ran a voice, um, voice. I mean, we, we did have a lot of, we were uh, definitely doing some early stuff as Alexa developers. Um, we had access to some of the early programs and we're building you know, voice apps for, for some major hospitality companies and some, some small ones too, and just sort of playing the field. But uh, what, one thing that's important to mention about that industry is that they, um, they don't really like making those investments. So, you know, that, that startup game was just not uh, yeah. very fruitful. And, you know, to be transparent, like that was, that was like, you know, what, you, what you'd consider a startup failure, weren't able to set it off, sell it off and everything, but it was a really good experience. It was something that we got to really uh, shop around and, and really, uh, I got to really break voice uh, with a lot of these, you know, uh, hotels and, and, hospitality companies trying to make us like literally, you know, do the most with it. So um, that was, but that was a foray into uh, more experience into like, for me personally, doing uh, more conceptual R and D work than just, you know, building stuff uh, and, and thinking more about product uh, rather than just thinking about, you know, how to, how to hack together voice solutions and chatbot solutions. So, you know, from there, I, um, I've been doing like I, a multitude of different things over the years. I was like a, a pro, uh, interim head of product for a lot of companies one of which was a um, voice and chatbot design company called Botmock. And I and actually was, oh, a, yeah. a, you know, I was, yeah, I was at a product there for, yeah, I was at a product there for uh, about a year. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to, to do a, some different things, but, you know, even in that time um, and even, even a little bit before I joined them, I was working with, um, like I said, different, different, like different agencies that were doing voice stuff, different, uh, you know, micro SASs and things like that, that we we're focusing on cooler way cooler integrations for chatbots with shopify and other things like that so i've had a lot of exposure to conversational ai and then um you know in early 2020 i uh, officially joined chat mode as a consulting partner 
and you know a little bit of context around chat mode and, and i know chad's been here but you know my my exposures i've actually known them for a bit um did some collaboration with them before but then you know was able to reconnect with chad and and uh, you know join his crew and um we you know that that company's been around as a sort of a voice and, and chatbot agency for a little bit but um now we really focus within the microsoft space on ai as a whole and, and customer experience as a whole so um while i don't necessarily you know while like voice is no longer that um like the the core anymore with chatbots it is still a big part of what we do we just do we just do a little bit more now i focus on automation we focus on you know that that idea of having like multimodal experiences but that has to start that has to start somewhere with uh, major companies right like having maturity models and having a way to to scale to mm -hmm. actual voice apps so yep. uh, but we, we've still done a lot of cool pilots i personally have done cool like you know even even just on the side with side projects i've worked with um, okay I've what's your coolest pilot yeah, my coolest pilot is uh, it's coming soon. Actually, I'm working on it right now for fun, but it's actually a um, it's a voice application for the esports space for an esports organization, Ooh. and it's a way to interact with like influencers and uh, well, the influencers being like the, the, the full time content creators, and then also the athletes who are or are part of this esports organization. So um, it's something that I'm like I'm still keeping under wraps on, um, you know, sort of like it's not it's not going to be like a grand release off the from the start. It's going to be going through some testing. It's going to be going through that that uh, organization's audience first to see how, how well we can do it. But um, there'll probably be some some research I'm going to do, some papers I might publish, things like that, some some cool things I'll do with the uh, with the organization itself to sort of share results and, and see, you know, how they can scale it even further. So um, I would I would say for sure it started more of as a research project, but now it's even going to be like sort of a marketing play as well. And I'm, I'm very excited to, um, you know, probably debut that in probably within this month, actually. So oh. that that's my coolest. I have done other really cool ones. I've done cool projects that have, uh, you know, like there's, uh, I've helped prototype things that are like multimodal experiences where you can where you can text something and then it'll respond via voice. And I've done I've done some cool things with that. That's I've cool. I like that. worked on. Yeah, I've worked on, um, you know, like doing a lot of like integrations of voice software like Lex into Amazon's Lex into um, just like into mobile applications themselves, right? For uh, mm -hmm. fintech, like there's like companies that have tried it for like fintech and for uh, you know, entering like recording sales data, or recording marketing data, all through voice, but it's like on your phone. So you don't have to rely on an assistant. And yeah, and I've, I've tried, I think I, was, I worked with like one company very briefly that that is no longer around, but they were trying to do um, voice first apps for Siri. But I think oh, yeah. that maturity is not quite there yet. Uh, I remember it was just, a, it was a hassle. It was a major <laughs> hassle for them to build what they were wanting to build. And I, right. I'm happy they tried. It was it was like a business application. So again, it'd be something where you'd be able to enter like marketing data. But okay. uh, but it just did not work. Like, I mean, it, it really did not work. Like, this we tried is not everything. the platform you're looking for. Jedi no. <laughs> no, it's exactly that. That's that's like exactly what it was. almost like Apple telling us that. I don't know why, though. I feel like they they have they're sitting on a goldmine of, of users and opportunities. I also think that at the same time, I'm not um I'm personally not to get on a crazy tangent, but I'm not a massive believer in some of that. Like, uh, like I think it, it's just as easy to open your phone and click and tap a button and enter a voice thing yep. than have it like automatically be in your headphones. I think I think the headphone play doesn't make a lot of sense because every time I see the demos. It's somebody on a subway or on a bus <laughs> yelling out like business information, which I don't, I don't know if I would like do right. Like I don't know if I would be on a bus. Right. And be like, yeah, we just closed five million, like five million dollars with X, Y, and Z. Enter the that security, data. And, exactly. The security code <laughs> is five nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like I don't get it. It's like that, and that's why. And it's always 
that's always the use case for headphones, right? The other, like the other use cases right. with speakers and just like entering it into like your own like mobile device. It's always, it's always set within an office, right? But then you yep. see all these demos <laughs> for the headphone based ones and they're always in public for some reason. And I, I do not understand for the life of me um, why you would do business or even just like general consumer stuff. Like it, it just seems annoying. I do use Siri in public a little bit, but not, not that much that I'd be like running my email off of that, right? right. So, yeah, in my own <laughs> home office, totally. But yeah, I, I I couldn't imagine doing that. We me, I think the biggest thing that that I used it for, especially because I, I just completed a cross country road trip and I still use it for this, is oh, sure. where's the nearest place where I can get a cheeseburger or where can I you know sure. where can I eat stuff like that? Something real yeah. quick to where I don't have to think about it. Whereas. I use the voice assistants, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, for things that are more that I want to spend minutes on. Yes. Surrey to me feels like something you want to spend seconds on. Alexa, Google Assistant, those are things that you want to spend minutes on, whether it's listening to a podcast, playing an interactive story, what have you. But that's that's sort of like where 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 I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to mute my device too. Uh, I'm almost oh. afraid that I was going to start. <laughs> I was going to start up right now. Hey, which one do you got? What model are you are you rocking? I'm. Uh, I have an Alexa. From when is she? Oh, she did activate anyways. I didn't click the right button. One second. Make sure she doesn't go off on something here. Uh, <laughs> like it's like she'll start revealing all my bank records that I've stored on her through the testing and stuff. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I. Oh, when is that? It's like um, it's a late 2019, which I actually forgot. It's the it's the dot, and I forgot like which I, I actually like don't keep track of what the version numbers are, but I, I got it in like late 2019. You don't have, have one. I, with, you don't have one with the screen. No, not yet. I, I was thinking about getting one, but I don't have one yet. No. Look at the. Look yeah, neither do I. I know I want one, but I'll, I know I'll I know sacrilegious, <laughs> but but it's it's also like I do not. I have people I know, family members, friends that have the one with the screen. I do not see. Um, a lot of application. I mean, I think there's some apps that are an exception to the rule, which I think would be would be rather fun. But um, I just I don't use it a lot. I actually I might have to get myself uh, I got, might have to get my hands on a Microsoft Teams device though. Like they Ooh. actually have devices now that will have Cortana, and that is something I want to oh. because that that's supposed to be like literally something you put at your desk, right? Or you could put in like a middle of a, like a conference table, um, and it'll it'll run your office for you um, through Teams and through. And that could be through like that could have like chatbot and voice applications very much um, intersecting. So so that That's brings cool. up something interesting. What is your mm -hmm. take on custom voice solutions, i.e. Cortana? Yeah. So custom being like that means so I guess Cortana isn't necessarily custom, right? Because I guess it's like owned by Microsoft, but like elaborate on your train of thought a little bit on that one. So my, my train of thought is is that um, you would have like a, like the way I see Cortana based on mm -hmm. what you're telling me. Oh, sure. Is that she is going to be your work assistant. Oh, you, gotcha. Yeah. If you say blah, 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 do this, schedule an appointment mm -hmm. at 12, she's going to say, mm -hmm. okay, confirm, schedule at 12. I'll call Bill telling him to meet us on the back nine. And that happens. Right. So whereas... Alexa and Google Assistant really aren't made for that. I see what you mean. I you know, I mean they are, yeah. but they aren't. They, they could. They, they yeah, right. they drive a wider net. Whereas yes. the more narrow custom voice assistants, or maybe I, I should have said voice assistants. Sure, sure. The more uh, the ones that draw the more narrow net 
What do you feel about those? Do you think there is a place uh, in the marketplace for them? Do you think that marketplace is going to explode mm. exponentially in comparison to the big heavy hitters like Apple? Well, maybe not Apple, but Amazon and Google. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, and I, now I know what you mean by custom. That that makes a lot more sense. I think, you know, I think Google and Amazon are going to try to do the space as well, which is, so I'll start by saying I am bullish on on those more narrow use cases working. I know Amazon has Alexa for business, and I know that, I think Google has something brewing somewhere too. I, I don't remember what it was, um, what it was titled, but I, I feel like they are going to try something with like G Suite or something of that oh, yeah. nature. And so I think Cortana and Cortana is just doing that for for basically Microsoft 365 Teams Teams particularly because I think that that's like where you know I think that's where they want a lot of that stuff to live, um, especially when it comes to conversations either with coworkers or with with chatbots and and custom voice solutions. But yeah, I think you know Cortana it, it definitely has a place in the market. I'm I'm not sure where those devices are. So to clarify, on multimodal as much as I want one, um, I'm not hearing people jumping to that. Like it it, it mm -hmm. is something that's like hyped. Every time they talk about, like every time, um, you know, they have one of their, their big like events now, it seems like they they try to drive home that they're trying to bring conversational AI to the workplace. Like that, that is a big part of what they're right. doing. It's going to be Azure powered. It's going to be this, you know, crazy scalable thing. And people are, people are really interested in like the natural language understanding in the form of like their, you know, Microsoft's like Lewis platform and some of the other tools that they have. Um, yeah. But they never, they never actually talk about the, they talk about the foundational elements, like in the communities that I'm in. But no one talks about the actual like I'm gonna buy that device, put it on my desk for work from home or, or at my office, and I'm gonna talk to Cortana and build you know custom skills for her or something like that. Um, and that that might just be a, a product of you know I think there isn't really a network of there are there's like marketplaces within the within the Microsoft ecosystem, but they're not as mature as perhaps you know some of the the Google skills and the um, Alexa skills that we've seen. And you know I think there's just like. I think an accelerator actually would help. Like, you know, uh, Microsoft, if you ever listen to this, like you guys should have a, um, you guys should have an accelerator that literally like pays some of these companies to build these applications. But I think that did wonders for uh, for the retail side, at least for um, for Google Launchpad or so, I think that's yeah. who was running that mm -hmm. uh, or Google for startups. And then also for- um, Yeah, Alexa, they've been doing a lot of, a lot yeah, of stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. they were doing, they've been doing a ton of stuff with um, the, the accelerator programs and- yeah. So many cool companies coming out of there. It's a great idea. And and I know yeah. that Slack Slack previously had a fund. I don't know where they stand on that with Salesforce, but and and actually it should be mentioned that uh, in my personal opinion, I was very excited for Einstein, which was the voice mm -hmm. platform and I guess I, I think they had chat too for Salesforce. And yeah. it um I think it lasted a year. I think it was just about I think mm -hmm. they closed in September of 2020 and I remember they like officially went into like general semi-general access in like September 2019. So it did not last very long. Um, yeah. I have had a chance to play with it. I remember going to um, like a, I went to some like session here in San Francisco where they just were like, they had like an event about it and it, it seemed really exciting, but I have to ponder if they're, if Slack now will be the, like they'll just have that, but for Slack, right? Will it be some voice assistant um, that lives right. in your toolbar or something? And it has, it has similar things to Cortana where it, it'll pull in your integrations with, um, with with slack that you already have and and you know you'll be able to run voice through it uh you know and like same thing with teams right now that's or that's what they're definitely heading towards is that cortana will be able to not only work with microsoft 365 but if you integrate you know um hubspot or something into microsoft teams it'd be able to interact with that data as well so anyways on on the employee use case side great uh cortana did fail for the general consumer right i think that's the big thing to note here mm -hmm. is that it's the <laughs> mindset of how you're building it 
and Google and uh, Amazon and, and theoretically Apple. Um, again, like I hope pod does not entice me, but um, <laughs> it's cool, but it does not entice me. I have to be honest about that. But, you know, Google and, and Amazon, they have a experience that I would, it's not perfect, but it is pleasant and it does feel very um, sort of, you know, consumer facing and, and it could be adapted for um, the office potentially too. You know, I, I think Microsoft is just better at, you know, their, their phones and um, Cortana just, they haven't, haven't done as well as I think they could have, but you know, I'm, I'm seeing that they, they took a lot of the technology, even with like, well, Skype for business doesn't exist, but I know that like Skype for business was doing better as a business product than a consumer product. So I think, I think Microsoft is sort of finding their footing now with, you know, turning some of their, their retail plays into more consumer uh, or more, sorry, more, um, enterprise mid-market, you know, sort of business focused and, and seeing more success there. And now, you know, there's a, there's a chance that Amazon might not catch up as fast and Google might not catch up as fast and that that market could be dominated. But like I said, it just depends on what you're looking at, you know, between the, between the spectrums of, you know, consumer to, um, to more like business slash productivity use cases, if that, if cool. that all made sense. Cool. Nice. Em, what do you got? Um, I was wondering, um, do you typically find any like trends or similarities between, um, I guess, each company that you work with, with what they can do to improve their experiences? Or is it typically different for each company? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about companies that I've worked with that are like trying to integrate their own like yes. skills or something, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Because I've also spoken to people at like Google and Amazon and, and use their tools. I can talk about, I can have a lot of different perspectives, but I, I do want to talk about particularly the companies and the, and the pilots I've done with as well. I think um, something really important to that I want to mention is the the concept uh, and the value of conversation design and VUI design. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, I think the way that I've seen the only the only reason some of my pilots um, have historically even gone through is because you know there's been a a very business you know and if it's like with with the hospitality startup that I had co-founded, that was us building a voice and chatbot thing that was. Um, that was going both in the direction of helping the back office of a hotel and also the mm -hmm. customers at the same time. So then that, that is very, that's two very different mindsets, but the only reason we could even like remotely pitch that idea was because we had designed both yeah. with different mindsets, different commands. It was not, it was not a uniform experience. And um, right. that's captivating a lot of people. That's getting a lot of people in the right mindset right now too, because I, I feel like, or with specifically with this idea of like, having voice assistants for the workplace and having voice assistants for retailers that it, it's even there's there's in the early days there was an assumption that you're building an experience all the way through but now that we have more data now that we've talked to more customers now that we've seen failures and you know success stories there there has to be a different mindset and yep. you know good conversation mm -hmm. design good voice user interface design those are the conduits that build that instill confidence into the companies that I work with and I think I think there's companies that are you know there's and there's some use cases I like there's actually a couple I can't even like talk about, but I, you know, it's, it's cool because they're even approaching um, me or even like my collaborations with them is them literally coming to me and saying, Hey, we write about voice user interface design and, and voice, you know, workshops for user testing. And we want to do that like before. And that I, I know for a fact, even two years ago, there were not that many people walking around saying, let's start with that. They're just saying, let's build it first. And then we'll, you know, then we'll like break fast and, um, will right. uh, will reiterate, but now I think it is essential for for those things to come into mind because you can lose a lot of money on voice. There are you yeah. know there, there's just cost to being able to manage users. Yeah. I know with um you know exactly. just server server load right, especially if you have like think about it, if you have a, a a voice skill that's connecting to you know 
Salesforce and, and other softwares all at the same time. I mean, there, there's just going to be costs to how many requests are coming in per minute, right? And how, how bunched up they are and, and how you're you know, sort of jerry rigging that. So yeah, you um, can do it, but you're going to pay for it. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I think, uh, and you know, like for my retail use cases, you know, I, I have talked with a lot of people and I've, I've even recommended, you know, going the ad route, right. Going ad spending. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that can be a very cool way to get these things off the ground. But these are, I mean, we're talking like, I will say right now that I think voice discovery is broken. I think that's been talked about to death, but I'll say it. I'll just add my hand <laughs> in the ring and saying that I think I love it, it is. Preach, yeah. preach. Yeah. And I, and I think ads are are a very good way to potentially break through that, right? And just, you know, you, you tackle an audience, you find a way to connect with an audience in a different way than yep. a skill store or a marketplace. But that's expensive. I mean, ads are expensive. And I think with voice, there's even more of a learning curve. Like I, I think about the way that you have to, you know, uh, and I've, I've never ran... Personally, I've never ran like a, a voice agency or anything. So I don't necessarily know like the scale when it comes to like, you know, if you're, if you're getting into like hundreds of thousands of users or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. But I know even in general, like there is, there is that apps, like the call to action for a mobile application or for a website, it seems a little bit more straightforward these days. People are familiar. People have a trust about that. But with ad spend around maybe making a video or doing some sort of uh, you know, marketing, like, you know, having, you'd have to like make the collateral literally say, uh, you know, like if, when you click on this, you'll have to tell Alexa to, to open X, Y, Z, and that's our app. Right. And yep. then, you know, yeah. having, having that collateral satisfy Microsoft, uh, not Microsoft needs, Facebook's needs or Google's needs or whoever, wherever you're marketing mm -hmm. YouTube's needs. Right. Like, I think there's definitely space to do it, but it, like I said, it's going to be expensive. It's a, it's like kind mm -hmm. of a, it's a harder network to get um, get people organically. Like I think word of mouth and referral hasn't been built out in this world yet. So it's got to start with ads and ads are just generally yeah. expensive. And, so and, and, you know, bringing that back, um, yeah, yeah. bringing that back around, we actually, uh, I work for a company called Wonder Word and mm -hmm. um, we're, what we're trying to do is build this sort of like in-house um, community called Poptail, which mm -hmm. up there, over there, yeah. pointing to yeah, it. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> um, uh, so anyhow, uh, Poptel, we're trying to make it a place where people can find good interactive stories mm -hmm. or good voice apps to interact with. But again, the, a lot of the times what we're seeing is, is that we have to go outside the box. And I hate using the oh, term, yes. I hate yeah. using the term think outside the box. I think it's overplayed, <laughs> overused. But cool. I honestly think that there is something to it. And I think that, you know, you have to go out, you have to try, even if it's a news mailer, if you mm -hmm. can get somebody yeah. interested and bring them in the door, you may be able to, you know, to get them, to get their friends, to get their friends as friends, but marketing itself, I think marketing itself is kind of broken within the voice industry. Like, oh, yes. I, it just, it blows my mind. And I keep on saying this time and time again, and I, I use a certain, um, I use certain examples whenever I'm in, in the privacy of, of the voice spark crew. So I won't use any names or anything, <laughs> but you would think that if you built skills for like companies that these companies would be like, this is a product and we also have to market this product. Oh yeah. And it, right. it, to me, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Like I never no. turn on my TV. So I turn weird. on my yeah. TV and I get the 19 or not the 19, the 2007, Apple mm -hmm. iPhone ad for Amazon Alexa, which is sure. 
you'll see the device, you'll see somebody interact with it, and that's yep. it. Mm -hmm. What you won't see is open blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Hey, kids, let's sit down and play a game of Jeopardy. Open Jeopardy, yep. blah, 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 blah. Right. There's none of that. And, and I don't think it's, honestly, I was of a different mind of this. I used to think it was Amazon's problem and they needed to solve it, but I don't think it is. I think it, no. it comes down to the individual app owners, the individual voice app owners, whether it's a Google Action, a Bixby Capsule, or an yep. Alexa skill, and they need to get out there and have a marketing plan and say, hey, listen, mm -hmm. I'm going to waste $10,000 and that's the marketing budget. Or I'm yeah. going to waste 40000 right. But at least at the end of the day, I'm going to know that I threw everything and the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. 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 I That is a struggle. Like, I, I will, you know, I, I think you like, you put it, you wrapped it up really nicely together, Nick. Because that, that sort of, I mean, I can talk about the technology all day. And I can talk yeah. about the, you know, um, how you do the, the VUI design. But one thing I always talk about when I do conversational design against, you know, business requirements or ideas that they have and I have and everything historically, as I've always said, take what you're doing here and think about how that can help with growth. And honestly, I haven't mm -hmm. really seen the people I work with do that. Like, I mean, yeah. and I, they, they usually go for a much more brute force tactic, right? I mean, I guess they like just kind of jump into ads, but but we just did all these workshops, right? We just talked to all these customers. We we validated the product and, it, you know, it, it's better to take that data. And it's not like, yes, it is for building the product. I agree. It's good for training and, and doing all that modeling and whatever. That's great. But why, why start from scratch when doing the growth? There's so much, there's such a wealth of knowledge and such a product marketing angle that you can take. And, um, and I've had just, like I said, like just in general, going to conferences and being in the voice space, I've spoken to multiple companies um, that have just said like, hey, we've spent like seven figures or, or like high six Gosh. figures on trying to figure out, on trying to figure out voice. And I've, oh, I've wow. sat with my job and I'm like, and you, it didn't work at all. And they're like, and it's all, it's like almost, uniformly been because when they get to the marketing part, they get completely lost. They, yep. they keep, they over index on the product, which is like, okay, again, it has to work. I agree, but right. it's like <laughs> the product has to dictate how the marketing is going to work and vice versa once it's launched. Right. I think, I think it's a, that's like, you know, I, I'm come, like I said, I come from like a sort of a product management background too. So for me, I, I pull those two things together quite a bit and seeing that go completely out the window because it's a new technology and because it's considered like an R and D expense, great but also like that means i mean why why waste it right why not try some crazy growth tactics why not yeah. go outside i mean again you're right nick i don't love using go outside the box either i realize but it, it's true like you have to think and um i'll i'll say one like take that i just want to sort of like a like a maybe it's a knowledge about maybe it's not that exciting but i think that generation z um you know that upcoming very hungry for for purchasing very sort of interacting with raised with technology um, could really, really latch on to voice. But there are like very few, basically, I don't think there's almost any voice people that I know that have even taken into account that generation yet. And the, yep. and the possibilities of how, that, that's what like apps are doing really cool. Mobile apps are doing really cool these days. They're, they're taking unconventional routes to do their launches with and, and their marketing and whatever to get the attention of Generation Z, right? It has to be, it has to be flashy. It has to like, you know, TikTok's marketing, I mean, they had they had like network effects come too, but early on, like they found they found ways to bring in influencers from YouTube. They just had like such a good network and a good way to make their app not just another video sharing thing. And and now it's you know, it is what it is. Same thing with like I think there's voice apps and there's companies that could have voice apps that could have the same amount of impact. Like people will talk about it, people will 
will say like, oh, it was really cool to order Taco Bell on my Alexa today. Um, and I, I don't even know if they have a skill yet, but I, I would want that. But I'd want it to be like a cool experience, right? I'd want, I yeah. wanted to tell me promos. I, I wouldn't want it to just be ordering. And I'd want to see it on my TV is like, if, you know, why not have something like if you order on Alexa, you could get like your first burrito free or something like that. Like that's great. That would be cool. You know, what's interesting about that is I actually got yeah. one of those Amazon Alexa taps by doing. Oh, that. sure. So oh, back really? in the day, yeah. Whenever they first released it, yeah, they yeah. were offering 50% off if you ordered it via voice. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. I remember that. And people were yeah. like. Voices. It was funny early on too because people were like order accidentally ordering like multiple things at once. I remember in that. <laughs> yeah, the, the tap. The tap was really cool. Do you still use it? By the way, I'm just out of curiosity. I traded it in. They called me up and they were like, "Hey, uh, do you?" Uh, uh, well, they didn't. Well, they didn't personally call me up. Jeff Bezos didn't <laughs> ask for a back, but they sent me right. an email or something and was like, "Hey, if." Um, if you trade this in now, we'll take it. We'll give you $25 for it, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Sure. I practically mm -hmm. broke even on it and was able to trade it in for a screen device, oh, which, cool. which nice. I mean, I, you guys just blew my mind by saying that you guys don't have screen devices. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I've been I, meaning to get one for a while. Ooh, it's just, me too. I mean, me too. I'll admit. Wow. Man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, it's just so, not compelling sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so nice. I was wondering, you had mentioned you did um, workshops. Could uh what kind of workshops do you do with companies or, or other people? Sure. Sure. Yeah. That, that like, you know, obviously for, for pilot phases, that's like, that's kind of, it, it's the, one of the biggest parts of, of the project. Um, you know, I'm the workshops that I've mostly done personally. So I've done, I've done focus groups for voice before um, that was more independently, but that was pretty cool. Uh, so definitely like not, not with like major companies, with smaller companies that were looking to, to break into that. Um, you know, in general, like I've also, I've seen, you know, uh, people sort of modify like voice apps to be like, to do AB testing, right? That, that's yep. something mm -hmm. I've helped set up before. Uh, and, and, you know, just in general, like literally sitting in a, a call and having somebody, you know, open a, a, a beta or sort of like a, you know, unreleased early access uh, voice app on their on their phone, if it's like a custom thing or if it's a Alexa skill, and just, you know, literally walking through it with them and, and giving them commands to try, seeing their reactions, seeing their facial expressions or how long they have to wait. I mean, those are all... Um, those, those are some of the workshops that I've done. And then, and then also in general, like, you know, with, I'll say with when I was at BotMock, um, we had, you know, the pleasure of speaking at some events and, and literally mm -hmm. doing like walkthroughs of how to do that conversation design in the first place. So I've even gone right. like a level, I've been the one doing the conversation design, but I've also been, uh, you know, been in a position where I've, I've taught others and trained others on the standards of conversation design, the, the tools to use it or to to build out those designs right. and, and to come up with those ideas. So yeah, I've, I've done a lot of, I've, I'm a big public speaker personally, so I just love yeah. that. But, but it, it's so, it's immensely useful. And like I said, like, it's so, it's sad to see that I've worked with, you know, people that have had failed pilots because it, right. it didn't grow or it didn't get to a point, but that's because they didn't, for example, they didn't use like anything that they learned from the workshop when we did like a POC, where we did like <laughs> yeah. early pilot. They didn't I use any that. of that for the actual launch. And I'm like, like well, I don't that, even know. How, I don't know how to take them. Yeah, just shake them. And yeah, like, it was right there the whole time. You were sitting with customers in the room and heard them say a wealth of things, and then be, just because you saw some article that voice was also there's always that every year there's an article voice is dead or something's dead, something's not going to happen anymore. I don't know. Like right. people get people get a paralysis analysis on on new technologies all the time, right? And, yeah. So um, I also saw that you uh, chat mode does a lot of community events. Um, yeah. So how, how have you been, I guess, dealing with that 
throughout the pandemic. <laughs> yes, yes, the voice, the chatbot and voice meetup, which I I was not there for its um, you know, for its start, but mm -hmm. I, I had the honor just just through being with chat mode and, and you know helping out there. Um, I was I sort of became a co-organizer of like a newer a newer version of it that we did over um, over this uh, over the pandemic winter. I would say that second wave. We got into we did some clubhouses and we did okay. um, some live streams and it was it was pretty cool. Um, we we put that on ice a little bit just because it got a little bit burned out by like you know there's, there's of course still, <laughs> they're, they're, like it podcasting is not for everyone and we also just have no. a lot of other things that we're working on right now so it was sort of a yeah. it was a cool experiment though we ran it for quite a few i think it was like november through february and and we still saw like it was pretty cool to see a lot of our um old audience show up and also a lot of new audience show up and and we with that one in particular with that podcast what really came out of it um with the community is that we got a lot of people that were coming from a very realistic perspective now right of like okay mm -hmm. we've seen We've played with voice now. We've seen what yep. can happen, but shit, like there's still bias in the AI models that we use to, um, you know, to, to do different services, right? And that that's maybe a little more complex with like computer vision, but but just in general, there's there's inherent problems. You know, we we've seen um, what was that Microsoft's Tay back in the day? Um, you know, I don't like to I like I love what Microsoft we, we've done with Microsoft, but they had a, a huge misstep when they had that bot that you could just DM on Twitter and people mm -hmm. trained it like racial slurs. And it was it was like <laughs> talking about Nazis and and, and right. I think like I that. saw was, something about that. That's it was pretty crazy. messed up, and it was a, it was a chatbot. Inherently, it was a right. chatbot. You know, I think you could access it through Skype, and you could access it through Twitter. And people mm -hmm. just kept sending it messages to train its model. And oh gosh, it, I, you know what? Scary it, thought, right? Well, well here's yeah. the problem, right. Here's the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem with society. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's rainbows and roses out there. Whenever, yes. if I design anything or I'm ever in control of anything, even, mm -hmm. even driving my family across country, yeah. I thought, yeah. what is the worst case scenario? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I try to plan backwards from that. Like, okay, the car breaks uh, down. Okay, cool. Yeah. So now we got to do blah, 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 blah. How do we do that? Do we get enough money in the account? What's going on here? You have to do that. And I don't think people do. I think people get yeah. this like, virtuistic sort of like oh it's peace and harmony it's the 21st century no right even even in star trek the next generation i guarantee there were bad people on earth doing very bad things sure. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean right. and and you just you have to accept that as as a mm -hmm. as a course of human nature and yeah, you right. kind of have to you kind of have to plan accordingly and most people don't so but right. let me ask you this you sure live in san francisco i do awesome very cool yeah. you don't live in that building that's uh collapsing no no i don't <laughs> I, I hope i i hope they fix that <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're talking about uh, but I, I will say one thing about san francisco to know is that our, our buildings are quite well retrofitted for uh, earthquakes and other natural events so i I do appreciate that because I think LA will be in a lot worse of a situation. Except Ooh, for that building. Yeah. Except for that one <laughs> building, though, that's something in its foundation, yes. But otherwise, we're you know, a cool why, city. Why I, bring, why I bring up San Fran is that my yeah, yeah. first my first forte into the uh, Amazon community was to actually go to an AWS, um, uh, I don't think they called it a clubhouse, but it was like a meetup. Sure. And it was a really cool experience. And it was in October of, 
Oh, hell, I can't even remember. It was a few years ago, but I lived in, I lived in Alameda Island for oh, sure. uh, three years whenever I was uh, um, involved, whenever I worked for the Coast Guard out of the Pacific Area Command Center. Mm-hmm. So I would have to go to work on Coast Guard Island, which is a little smaller island next to Alameda Island. Mm. And if, if you're not looking yeah. for Coast Guard Island, you'll miss it, but it's there. Yeah. I didn't know there was one. I'm like trying to yeah. think. I'm like, have I ever heard of it? But I don't think so. Oh yeah, they got they got everything. They got a subway. They got a they got a convenience store. They That's got pretty everything. cool. So, yeah. but um, but That's no, awesome. I lived in Alameda, and um, I I took the ferry over to San Francisco, went to this meetup, and and had a really good time. It was it was really nice. I'm yeah, looking forward it. to. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Emily. What's um, up? I'm really looking forward to in-person events once this yes. all kind of settles down. It's, I, I feel it. like I've met so many people online and I just haven't met anyone in person yet. And I'm a little bit worried about it because, you know, sometimes I could be a little bit too much to handle. I'm afraid Emily's going to be like, man, this guy's a weirdo, man. You know, me, <laughs> no. She meets me in real life. She's like, this guy's a loose cannon. He's all over the place. No, not at all. <laughs> I would, I would be honored to to be on Voice Spark like live, live, where it's like that would be stage. so cool. <laughs> like like, like, a, like a giant can of like Monster, I'll like chug down before the before the session and just go like crazy. Oh, we should all just do something like that, right? Awesome. Just, like, yes. like a blood oath together, and just like make it like super entertaining. I'm <laughs> oh, I'm done with that. I'm done with some like or some like gimmick where we like allow hecklers or something like that, and we just <laughs> oh, then, then we balance out the weirdness, right? Then we balance yeah. out the you know. What's going on, Baldy? What do you got to talk about now? We lean know? into it. We yeah. lean into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so I was wondering um, how your mic- uh, partnership with Microsoft came about, Ooh. and like yes. what it's like working with them. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, their, their partner network, um, very vast, very, it's been around for decades now, you know, people building in the early days, building, you know, cool, like training, doing Excel training and doing work training all the way to now where we have people, you know, like there are other, there are other companies and there's us that are, that are literally, you know, dedicated to building chatbots and voice. Well, we were, we started with that more, but just building like automation and AI solutions uh, on top of mm-hmm. their technology and, and integrating, you know, other, other companies into it too. But um, yeah, it's been an incredible experience. I mean, they are very bullish on voice and chatbots. Their customers are getting there, but aren't there yet. Um, that's why, like I think I mentioned earlier, every single event that they do, whether it's a development event, whether it's like a, um, whether it's like a, a public event that they do where they talk about the future of Microsoft, they always mm-hmm. bring up um, that like whole that whole thing around, you know, we're, we're going to have voice and we're going to have bots really ingrained in um, our Microsoft ecosystem one day. And mm-hmm. Cortana is still, <laughs> still a little bit in early preview. Uh, they do have like Microsoft bot framework, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, and something called Composer where you can, you know, as a developer, you can do a lot. And they have a lot of open source um, resources as well. But like I said, mm-hmm. I, I think it's still, it's getting developers excited at big companies, but it's not getting stakeholders at big companies excited yet because the problem is there, there's a maturity model, I think, that that's, that just hasn't been established as well in that ecosystem where you, you got to start with, you know, um, you got to start with some realistic expectations. I right? got to start with some basic automation. You got to you got to get, you know, major executives on board with these kind of things first. And then, right. you know, and that's why we we focus on on customer experience, which in our in our eyes is a blend of, listen, you're going to have better um You'll have a better like customer end user experience. You'll be able to service your customers better if your employees are getting a very good experience out of like what kind of work they're doing as well, right? If they have automation, if they have voice that's helping them out, they'll be able to service their customers better, right? And they'll feel more confident right. about 
they'll be able to access that information faster and you just get better, you get better teams, you get better employees, sales forces, things like that, that can access information, you know, on a, when they need it and, and at the moment, and they can offer it for their customers as well. So um, yeah, you know, we, we've had an incredible time though, talking to Microsoft part, product managers and, and their mm -hmm. partner program managers about this kind of stuff. And, you know, we, we get the same answer right now is that a lot of it is still an early preview. So we gotta, we gotta be careful, right. but they also have a lot mm -hmm. of technology a lot of their foundational technology, I will say, like this Microsoft Bot Framework, Microsoft Lewis, which is the natural language understanding stuff. I mean, these are, they're, they're mature enough now. Maybe in like 2018, early 2019, they weren't. But they have, they have focus. They have uh, great developers working on it. They've been tried and tested. And they're ready for enterprise, right? They could, they could be integrated into a Fortune 500, um, you know, setup tomorrow. And everyone can feel confident about security. Everyone can feel confident about, you know, what, what they're uh, looking to build. And, yeah, there's just there's just like the the broader elements like having like custom skills for Cortana and stuff like that, which which could make right. that technology even more accessible and even more call it like packageable. Um, uh -huh. That that still needs to develop a little bit. That still has some has some maturity. But so yeah, just sharing about that. There's five of you guys at chat mode. That couple of advisors. Yeah, couple of advisors. Yeah. So I think we might try to run the chat mode gauntlet and have everybody on. What do you think? Sure. I mean, we, we got Chad. We collected him. We've got an episode of him. <laughs> we got yeah. you. If we can get Tyler on and all these other guys and Steven, it would, this would be awesome. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Well, their picture yeah. would show up. Who's in? Yeah, Taban, Taban is our, one of our recent advisors. And I, I yeah. think for, uh, yeah, I had to, I haven't set up that uh, that page of his yet, but Taban is. There he is. There he is. Yeah, yeah. There no, he is. Up. Shout out to Bana. So like, I think a page is like literally being edited live kind of thing. So, <laughs> so, I, didn't, so I didn't show up yet because he's he literally we just announced that he's one of our, our strategic advisors. He's doing incredible work with us. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting them all involved in in not only like our, you know, knowledge of, of chatbots and, and voice and stuff, but also into our um, whole concept of, of automation and customer experience, which we've been really over indexing, which which voice and chatbot are now chatbots are now like a column of that rather than just being the the sole focus anymore because like i said i think there's there are other opportunities there's things that you know chad and i are, are both really good at and, and we've been complimenting and and microsoft as well they have you know we've, we've talked to them there just isn't there has to be a step before even building chatbot and voice solutions yep um for right. your for your big companies and for your mid-market companies that um you know would, would better service that that's sp that particular space and and the you know the opportunities and the clients that we get to work with um on a daily basis but everyone's still really bullish. There's still a lot of opportunity. It's just taking a little bit more time. And, um, you know, it's it just, it's newer for business use cases. Right. Uh, but right. I, have, I personally have exposure to both sides, but, uh, with, yeah. with what we're doing with Microsoft right now and, and where, where chat mode is, we're, we're, we're betting big on the employee side, uh, employee nice. experience side too, which, you know, just will take a little bit more work. I think you guys are, I think you guys are putting your money in, in the right place. But, um, with that being said, just to switch it up a little bit, Sure, um, sure. What year did you graduate high school? I graduated. Oh man, <laughs> I graduated high school in 2017, oh, and I was at that young. time. I am. I am a little bit on the younger side. Yeah. Wow. I, was, <laughs> I um. I was running my first startup already at that time, so I just needed to to finish high school, and then I was. Off to the races. Oh my but, gosh. That's well, incredible. Yeah. I was gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you this question, but I don't know if yeah. you'll get it. You might get it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh. We're okay. For one, what movie does that come from? And what is your favorite scary movie? 
So my easily my favorite, like I would say scary movie is um Blair Witch Project. I think oh, that the first idea one? Of, yeah, the first the rest of them were garbage. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah. only the first one. <laughs> uh because I think the whole idea that there's nothing ever there and the people go crazy is such a it's so fascinating, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. It, and and you know the uh, the second one was kind of a cop out saying that like, yeah it was like out of the universe where I don't know it was weird and it was like paranormal third, activity more than it yeah. was like psychological thriller. Um, but do you know what Shining count as a scary movie? It does. But do you know do you Emily? This is for you too. Do you know where that catchphrase is from? What's your favorite scary movie? I don't know. Um, Come on, guys. Oh. I can't remember. I, I feel I, I'm bummed. I didn't. I'm. Oh, is it Scream? It's oh, Scream. It's, okay. It's all of them. In the second one, in the second one, Jamie Kennedy. I haven't seen it in a while. Picks up wow. the phone. Yeah. And the person's on the other line and goes, "What's your favorite scary movie?" And he goes, "Showgirls." And he's looking around and he's like, <laughs> "But you know." I can't remember really um, reference. Sorry, Nick. My yeah. bad. I haven't seen Scream in way <laughs> too many years, man. I was like, that's. That was one I just didn't like. I'm I'm not super big into that genre. Yeah. So I, okay, but it, favorite, it's a scary movie. Talking movie. about scary movies. Say again. Favorite sci-fi movie. Oh, Star Wars. Come on. Like, Which one? Uh, yeah. Oh, Empire. <laughs> Empire. I was gonna say. Oh, to okay. Clarify. I yeah. mean, I like number three too. Uh, that's like Revenge of the Sith, right? But um, I'm not a fan of the new ones, unfortunately. But I. Yeah, I, I like with, the original ones the best. <laughs> it it, it yeah. just seems to me like they were like, okay, how can we ruin this? Oh man! <laughs> right. Don't get me started. I could have an entire podcast <laughs> dedicated to my. I mean, it really was. I I love that they brought back the original characters, but the nostalgia was was overshadowed by, in my opinion, just poor storytelling and, and just the a, a only thing. And, and here's the thing, right? And, and I'm going to go yeah. off on a little tangent here. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I love this topic. Episode seven was yeah. perfect. It introduced a new core yep. cast. Mm-hmm. It set everything up the right way. Finn's yeah. asking if Ray's seeing anybody or has a boyfriend, you know, in the, on the Millennium Falcon. It's yeah. great. You got to see stormtroopers like actually yep. be human beings. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And set up for this slam dunk. Ray yeah. is either A, a Kenobi or yep. B, she is Luke Skywalker's <laughs> kid. Because whenever yep. you see the expression on Luke Skywalker's kid at the end of episode uh, on his face at the end of episode seven, that's it, right. It, oh my God. This is my daughter. Yeah. Or this is Kenobi's granddaughter that he said yeah. would come and visit me. Yeah. But you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Ryan, Johnson, yeah. Ryan Johnson said, the slam dunk's over here. I'm going this way. And he completely, yeah. and the Mary Poppins oh. in space. You know what gets me about the last two movies? Yeah. Carrie Fisher dies in real life, yep. lives in the trilogy to the yep. third movie. Yep. Mark Hamill. Yep lives in real life, dies in the second movie of the trilogy. None of, <laughs> none of this made any sense at all. It, I mean, no. it, 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 I think, honestly, I think I should just retcon everything. I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, I also, I will say, I love The Mandalorian. That, oh, that show is very good. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the only saving grace. What I think they should do is they should yeah. come, Disney should come out right now, have a huge press conference and say, listen, and they should come out with those devices that they had in Men in Black to, to wipe people's minds. And they say, listen, yeah. we're going to wipe eight and nine out of your purview, and, and you're never going to remember it again, and don't worry about it. It never happened, and we're going to bring out episode eight again and episode nine again. Because <laughs> the thing that you have to understand is that even though people go and they see movies and they say they want something different, mm-hmm. they really don't. They want 
They want yeah. stability and they want the same thing. Case yeah. in point, look at, and I always go back to this, Home Alone. Home Alone and Home Alone <laughs> 2 are the exact same movie. Yep. One takes place outside, one takes place in a house. End yep. of story. Yep. You know? Same Ghost movie, though. One. All Ghost the Marvel Ghost movies. Yeah. So I think they... I think they went, you know, to uh, to use a pun. I think they went rogue a little too much. Rogue One was actually really good. <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah, I liked Rogue One. <laughs> you know what I loved about that movie? Everybody yeah. died. Yeah, and and <laughs> and even and even better, Darth Vader came in and killed, you know, half like half yeah. the rebel fleet in this. Yeah. Just a, a testament to like why we love Star Wars in the first place. It was just, it was <laughs> such a like space opera moment. Yes, and it was everything I would have ever wanted. And then, and then Solo wasn't bad either, but it was, no. it was still, they tried, I think they tried two different even with that because there were so many twists and turns that at, at the end you're like, who the hell is who, right? But it's still right. like, I think, I think they were trying to like be too different, but when they do it, when they do it, when you're like expecting and like still sort of like you, you're more familiar with the environment, like Rogue mm -hmm. One, it, that was just such a beautiful, that was so cool. That was just the best. So yeah, whenever I'm they with you on retconning it. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is is that whenever you think about it in, in perspective, mm -hmm. that would have been like the equivalent of like you know the United States like nuking um the NSA. Like yeah. seriously, like whenever they yeah. showed up in the Death Star and they just blew up the citadel and destroyed all that data, like yeah. that that's what the equivalent would have been. And I think to myself, like, wow, like that's crazy. And I just yeah. loved how they kind of pieced it all together. I, I like the characters. I liked. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, it was good all around. It was good. I love the guy that was blind. That was awesome. Yeah. He was like he had the force. I think like or he had yeah. like a, he was force sensitive or whatever. Yeah, like, he can like sense the the forces. I thought that was they just like it didn't seem weird. Like I feel like I feel like if you told people back when like the first one, two, and three came out that that was going to be the movie after number three, people would like you know they'd be like, what the hell is this like stupid? Why why would we have a Star Wars movie where everyone dies and why do we even need to talk about that story about like what happens before number four? But the fact that it perfectly leads up to like exactly where four oh, starts and it, it sets up, it's just, I mean, other than the fact that they mm -hmm. had to do the, the Carrie Fisher, um, the de-aging after she died, like she died right before mm -hmm. that movie released too. So it was like, it didn't, it didn't sit right. And maybe yeah. it's because of the timing, but other, but otherwise the fact that it went to that exact moment where Darth Vader then later caught up to them and boarded the ship and blah, blah, blah. But like, Oh, it was just Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars guy, but man, they those like last three movies just did not need to happen. At least, or at least yeah. they needed to be completely different. They should have just gave them the John Favreau and said, "Hey, bro, what can you do?" With <laughs> right? Them? I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. what can you do? I would with definitely them? trust John Favreau with them. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm hopeful that some of these new, like these new trilogies, will be good. You know, some mm -hmm. of these ones that take place in the Star Wars universe, but but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. yeah, Emily, you might have to take the reins again. I froze. Sure, oh, yeah. Man. Right so in the Star I Wars think... conversation. I know, yeah, right? <laughs> okay, so Nick Hill, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Have you subscribed to Voice Spark Alexa more? I have not on on Alexa, right? No, on YouTube. Oh, I I believe I did. Sorry, I thought that was I thought you had a skill or something like that. No, 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 no. I can I I I need you on YouTube, brother, and I need the podcast <laughs> listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I listen to, to some other. I listen to some other episodes before, but uh, I thought I was subscribed. 
My bad, guys. I'm I'm always. No, you're fine. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, for we're trying. <laughs> we're trying to expand uh, expand the circle. Uh, Emily, I'll, I'll shoot it over so, to you for the final question of the night. Sure. So on Chat Mode's website, it says um, that industry innovation drives innovation that benefits us all, mm-hmm. um, and I really like that. And I. I guess my question is, what do you think is lacking right now in terms of industry collaboration? Mm-hmm. And how do you think we can improve it? Ooh, great, great. So yeah, actually great question. Something I actually, I do think about a lot. Um, and and I feel like that that phrase is like, we we work in like multiple different industries, one could say, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we're involved in the voice space and the chatbot space, it's kind of the same, but kind of not, right? So we've, we've been involved right. in that. We've been involved in like the RPA space recently, which is like a totally different form of automation and just like the AI ethics space. So um, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to clarify that for us, it really is a multifaceted thing. And I want to set that up as that because I think that's going to be important for my answer. But I think, you know, one thing that I realized doing that little like mini series we did with our voice and chatbot community back in the winter was that, you know, we had people of multiple disciplines jumping on the podcast. And what I mean is we had we had one person whose his background is legal. Like he was, a, I think he was an attorney um, mm-hmm. and he, he started his own startup that like utilized chatbot technology and AI technology for uh, immigration and other mm-hmm. use cases. And we had, we had, and then on, on the same episode, we had someone who was a UI and UX ethics designer. So they helped the websites and apps build better apps that feel more inclusive and, and more uh, strategic in terms of their, you know, uh, promotion of diversity and, and just, you know, building a better building things that make people feel good, right? Which like, right. you know, the, these days is it's more important than ever. Like we have to start building that world. So it's about bringing together people who aren't necessary. It's not people that you would expect to be sitting in the same room, but they work in the same industry. They think about the same things. It's like, it's like having a conversation designer and a voice app developer talking to each other. It, they might not always speak the same language, but if there's, if there's a good amount of context, if they're talking about a certain... Uh, vertical that they both, you know, done projects for, there is mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity for for that to be thought about, right? Especially with like, you know, I think with with some um, voice technology today, like there's there's this idea, or when it started, you know, if you put designers and developers in a room, no one's talking about multimodal. No, that's that's not what they're bonding over. They're bonding over yeah. require, like scripts, right? Like these like long scripts mm-hmm. and they would, they'd have, and the, uh, conversations designers would be pr- probably talking more to like a, a script writer that was high. I remember people were talking about like all these people um, from Hollywood that they would hire as contractors to write scripts. Mm-hmm. And then it would just be presented to developers for copy and pasting. And then, you know, which entities to focus on things like that. Now, you know, mm-hmm. if you put a, a developer and a designer, a, you know, voice designer in a room, you're putting them uh, in a room where they have to talk about multimodal, right? And that, mm-hmm. uh, and a developer can have some really good ideas on what's possible. They can share, okay, this is our constraints. And a designer can help build those constraints, come back and also, you know, you know, just give, give a good idea on, on what, what's possible, what's, uh, what's strict, what looks good, what stands out. Like, I mean, there's just, and then you could also on the same, on the same call, you could have, you know, a voice marketer or a voice product manager who could have a lot of insight into, you know, the market itself. And ah, just the overall, what I'm trying to get at is that the best conversations I've had and the best learning experiences and what's, what's lacking is being able to bring, you know, it's, it's great to have conversations where it's just a bunch of like, voice people who are talking about conversation or like, sorry, voice conversation designers on a call, a lot of value in that. There's a lot of ways to talk about, you know, the bridging of, um, you know, how to find jobs in that space, how to do like, you know, how to be trained in that space. But also right. like, I, I think stirring the pot isn't bad. Bring on a voice, 
or not a voice, bring on an AI ethics expert into that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think the, I think from that, there could be some incredible headway for enterprise. Like if I was uh, a representative of some big, you know, retailer out there and I'm trying to build a voice app that, you know, appeals to my customers that, that knows demographics that uses inclusive language and, and whatever, um, you know, I would, I, if I was sitting on a call like that, if I was a stakeholder sitting in a, a session where I saw someone talking about ethics and those mm -hmm. designers, those script writers taking that and, and turning it into tangible action and, and, you know, turning it into why it's important and why it's ROI. Um, I mean, there's just, there's just so much opportunity there. So it's, it's about thinking about, you know, you know, in my space, at least it's about, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier, right. Being realistic and talking about the other facets that come into this and not just being, you know, sort of stuck in the same bubble. And like I said, it's, it's good to be in that bubble, maybe for, for job hunting and for, for that job training, like you want to be a better conversation designer and there are standards and prioritization models and whatever that you, that you need to know to be successful. I do, I do think that's the case, but also why not talk about, you know, like why not be a conversation designer that takes more, um, more marketing elements into account that takes more constraints into account and understands that the second that, you know, has an understanding that, okay, you know, a product manager told me that in six months, Alexa is going to have these new features for their visual interface, right? Mm -hmm. I know this information now. I've spoken to marketing. I've, I've collaborated with other people in my industry that are, are both in design and marketing and, and whatever. And now I have, I have better ideas on how I can make the most out of that, that new interface, that new element that they're launching for multimodal. And then in turn, mm -hmm. that helps you know, that that's something that helps developers that helps with like the growth thing that we were talking about earlier, that you mm -hmm. just you're offering something new, while also offering something that's familiar, because you've just talked to the right people. Um, but you haven't, you haven't talked about the same, you know, generic elements, you've, you've gone out of your way to, you know, bring in some some outside sources, and they've inspired you to, to take the concepts you've been building on and, and, and to branch them out. But like I said, in a way that that still feels familiar to customers and feels familiar to people that are uh, native to the space. So I, I just think there's so much opportunity. Um, I think, you know, at the same, another part of that quote that I think is really useful is um, one thing that I really love in the Microsoft space is their um, Microsoft AI for good initiative, which I'm, you know, mm -hmm. we, we have done projects. We've done uh, a, a chatbot project with like a, a, a school district before. And we've, oh, wow. we've talked to some other educational facilities about uh, potentially doing some, and we, we, we've looked into, you know, where, where these technologies can help with doing nonprofit efforts, which I think is a, mm -hmm. a massive opportunity. Cause I mean, this could unlock job, this automated job training and other, other incredible opportunities right. for third world countries. I don't, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm not necessarily the person who who's done all the research on it, but I know that major companies like Microsoft and Facebook and uh, Google there, they have departments now that are dedicated to just that. And having those conversations, bringing people who are running those initiatives is also just as important because I think that, that can inspire you know, that can inspire building AI technology for good. That that goes mm -hmm. back to that whole idea of how can we make this global, right? How can we right. how can we expand better? How can we make sure we're not, you know, uh, making something that's fun for one culture and offending another culture? You, you don't know. And yeah. and a lot of people are, are uncomfortable with those conversations, but also it would be much worse. They have to happen. <laughs> right, right. Like, I mean, it, it has to at some point it's, because yeah. you, don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be, you know, canceled. You don't want to be that, that company that has that Right, exactly. And, like, <laughs> And I know, and it's not, it's not all about monetary, just about like world good, right? It being a Oh, of course. Yeah. For sure. So uh, I could talk about that all day too. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll sort of, I'll slow it down for a second just to put my thoughts together and say that, you know, um, it has to be, we're, we're driving change for, you know, for better, for a better industry, for better spaces. You know, like I'm talking mm -hmm. about the, the chatbot space, the voice space, the AI space, the, 
DEI and AI space exists now too. Like there's just so many, right. so many cool industries that are coming up. Um, but we also want to drive change that makes, you know, all of our technologies more accessible. It makes mm -hmm. them that it makes them grow better. It makes them uh, mature better. And, you know, like at the end of the day, I know that there's a lot of talk about this is there's business stuff. So you got to hit a bottom line. And if you want to, I think it's better to over index on those things. I think it's then, then to just be generic and just not, not think, um, now, now Nick's ingrained it in my head that like thinking outside the box, it really, it really isn't a term I love, but it, it does work so well here because it, I, have it, to, yeah. <laughs> I have to say it like that. I think it's the only way to say it like that. So, right. um, but I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for a second. And, you know, if there's any sort of follow-ups here, other discussion points, I'd love to, you know, wrap it up with those. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that was, that was a, an amazing answer. So okay. <laughs> there's, we could definitely have a whole nother podcast about that. Right. But right. Um, I, I think we'll wrap it up here, but thank you so much for being on the show. And sure. it's, it's been great talking to you and, and chatting. Yeah. So, thanks so much, um, Emily. And um, you know, where, wherever Nick is, thanks so much to him as yeah. well for, for doing it. And, and yeah, I, I appreciate, um, you know, uh, the, the opportunity to be on this and, you know, I'll be looking yeah, forward to, I'll, I'll definitely connect you all with, with more people that can hopefully come on and, and in our, in our chat mode network, that could be a amazing co-host and I'll be looking mm -hmm. forward to catching new episodes and, uh, you know, generally awesome. just, just seeing where, uh, what kind of conversations come from, from future content. So yeah. yeah and keep so us much. updated and, um, keep of in course. touch. And if we can do anything for you, let us know. So I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Emily. Okay. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks.